Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We're going to continue our thought this month called Leaving Smallville, getting out of all the limitations of life and moving forward. Today is a life message of sorts and something fresh I believe God wants to do and say. Today's message is called Crossing the Jordan. Crossing the Jordan. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to be, and we've in 1 Peter chapter 4 from the Passion Translation. Joshua 1.1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, and every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses. 1 Peter 4, 1 from the Passion says this, <clears throat> Since Christ, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for you, now you must also be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset, the mindset of a soldier. For whoever has died in his body is done with sin, so live the rest of your earthly life no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. The New King James says it this way, arm yourself with this same mind that Jesus has. Arm yourself with the same mind Jesus has, the, the mind of a soldier preparing for battle. Let's pray one more time. Father God, would you open our, our hearts up today and speak to us. Spirit of God, only you can illuminate our eyes and show us what you mean and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we talked about the capacity. We said that the capacity of your life is always determined by the capacity of your heart. So we talked about the word magnanimous or magnanimity. That's the way God wants your inner man to be, your hidden self, the real you, your core. Guard your heart. It will pay dividends in the long run. Be magnanimous. Have a large heart. Have a big heart. Don't be petty. Don't be stingy. Don't be small, but have a big heart. And that's really uh, a big key of getting out of Smallville uh, is just having that, that, that heart that's open, uh, even when it's broken, even when it's been hurt, even when it's been betrayed, even when it's been stepped on. God has a way of mending and healing hearts. That's what he does. Also, a big part of leaving Smallville and breaking the artificial limitations of life has to do with mindsets. The areas of our hearts and minds that become entrenched in our experiences and our circumstances. We settle in certain parts of our lives. We just settle for stuff and we accept living with a certain degree of dysfunction. To be honest about it, there are things in your home and my home my home is 20 years old, 21 years this year. We've been living in the same house. We built our dream home 21 years ago, but dream homes still need paint. Dream homes still need little things adjusted and fixed. And there are certain things that you just kind of, 
you live with certain dysfunction and, 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 and no matter how long it's on your wife, I mean, on your list, <clears throat> you, you have certain things, you just go, well, it's just, you just jiggle the handles. It's just not a, it's not a deal. You just jiggle the handle. It's, it's fine, right? We all do that. That's human nature. We all live with MacGyvered stuff. You know what I mean? MacGyver was the guy that, you know, if you've lived a while and experienced real life, you probably rigged up a few things with bubble gum, chicken wire, and duct tape. If you haven't done that yet, you haven't lived yet. So you just, you adjust, you do, you cope, you, you learn how to work around, and then you kind of just live with it. That was largely the collective mindset of the children of Israel from the time they left Egypt until Joshua led them into the promised land. Their whole manner of life was day to day. Get the manna, bring it home, make it. If you got too much, it's not gonna be any good tomorrow anyway. So give us this day our daily bread. And they were living with a maintenance mindset, maintaining the status quo. Their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. And everybody goes, yes, that's an awesome miracle. And it is an awesome miracle. When your kids' clothes grow with them, that's a miracle. But nobody wants to wear the same clothes for 40 years, right? I mean, no, nobody, I, I don't know any woman of God that wants the same shoes all day long, let alone for 40 years. When you, ladies, when you get home, I would bet, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, but if you, I would bet you that you get home and you change into other shoes than you wore to church. Men too. They wore the same stuff for 40 years and didn't wear out. Yeah, that's awesome. You get food when you need it. You move 40 times in 40 years. Some of us have been in those places too. First 10 years of our marriage, we moved 10 times. And it wasn't always on the year. But we moved and moved. We, we were following the cloud, following God. Maintenance is about upkeep. It's about managing well what you already have. And you're being a little quiet today. Is the, did, you, did you freeze in your mouth overnight? I mean, are you all right? You're being a little quiet, relax, it's all right, you know. It was, it's, it's cold out there, but it's nice and warm in here, and apparently the choppers are overhead. So anyway, anybody hear that? We got, we got hey, it's our helicopter candy drop, <laughs> January style. Anyway, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Maintenance is about managing what you already have, and that's great. Faithfulness with gratitude is wonderful. Faithfulness with gratitude. It's a prerequisite to blessing and promotion, right? But going into the promised land required an entirely new way of thinking, a mindset of possessing the land, taking back territory that had been taken for generations, taking what was theirs, going and getting it. Maintenance was part of the testing of the Lord that I showed you last week from Deuteronomy chapter eight. Maintenance was part of the testing of their hearts. Do you have a magnanimous heart or do you have a small heart? It's, it shows forth when you're under pressure. It shows forth when you're in lack. It shows forth when you're living day to day or paycheck to paycheck. 
40 years of one in the wilderness, remember, was punishment, not reward. It was a punishment for disobedience and doubting God's faithfulness. And now God was going to create and call for a divine shift into a more military thought process, a soldier mindset, mission-minded. They were gonna have to go from maintaining what they had and being thankful for it to fighting battles, claiming land, building farms, ranches, systems, structures, cities, communities. They were gonna have to function in a completely different way. And so when Moses died and God comes to Joshua, he makes this statement. It was in light of all this that God said to Joshua, and I wanna give you three thoughts today on breaking out of Smallville. Number one, Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Now hear me, this is not, this is not a news flash. This is a rhetorical statement, not a funeral notice. God doesn't come and tell Joshua something he doesn't know. God comes and says, Moses is dead. There's a point to this. This is not about Moses being dead. The whole nation knew Moses was dead. Joshua certainly knew Moses was dead. He was in his shadow for 40 years. He, when Moses went to Sinai to the top of the mountain to get the 10 commandments and, and the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, Joshua went halfway up and waited for him the 40 days. He didn't go back and party with the people. He stayed on that mountain because he knew, he, he, wanted, he could feel the presence of God. He knew Moses was dead. If anybody knew Moses was dead, it was Joshua. And now Joshua had had hands laid on him, it says the end of the book of Deuteronomy, and had the wisdom that Moses had, the anointing that Moses had imparted to him. What God was saying is, seasons change. Some things end. Thankfully, pain heals. Viruses fade away. Even people in relationships have an ebb and flow. Relationships, friendships are fluid. Some people are in your life every day for a while, then you don't see them. I mean, that was, you know, it's different than it was in school. I just had a, an experience with my, uh, my old best friend from high school this past week. John Jenkins is a, he was my best buddy, junior and senior of high school, just a really good guy. About 12 or 13 years ago, John contacted me and was kind of going through a little something in his life and wanted to talk to me about where he was, just kind of catch up. And we hadn't caught up in, you know, years and years and years, decades almost. And I had the privilege of leading him to Jesus Christ about 12 or 13 years ago. <clears throat> and um, sometimes I still don't hear from John for a year or two. He's, he's terrible about texting, usually. Last time he texted me in the, middle of, in the middle of the virus in July of 2020, I get this text, I'm retiring from my job this week after 30 something years. And uh, that was the last text I had until about a week and a half ago. He was announced his retirement and 
Then last week he messaged me out of the clear blue from his little fishing boat out on the St. John's River. He loves the fish now in retirement. And he told me the prerequisite, he's growing a beard. And he said, when you retire, apparently that's a rule. I said, well, I don't wanna know that rule. My wife won't like that rule. I don't care if I'm 80. But listen to what he texted me, because this, this really hit me. So I haven't heard from him in a long time. Relationships ebb and flow. Texted me a week and a half ago, hi, Rich. That's what he called me in high school. A little group of friends called me Rich back then, and I receive it, because it means wealth. <laughs> he said, hi, Rich, you've been on my mind. I was out on the river today. Dude, I want you to know you're the one that got my mind turned to Jesus. Thank you, Richard. You travel all over the world and lead people to the Lord, but you'll never find someone more thankful than me that I found God for myself. If not for you, who knows? Let's get some coffee sometime. Now that touched my heart, okay? Because, because no matter what happens, it's always about that one. We can never forget that one. Just that one person that may, you may bump into this week that is suddenly open. John was open 12, 13 years ago and he's gone on to serve the Lord. And it just blessed my soul. It just touched me. I, I, I can't even explain it. The simple text touched my heart because it shifted my perspective and reminded me that when you help one person to find Christ, you've changed the world for them and they may change the world for others. When seasons change, when things shift, when jobs transfer or people come and go out of your life, you have to make a conscious decision of your will to let go of Moses. Let go of your dead Moses. And we all have them. <clears throat> Fears, doubts, guilt, self-pity. Whatever was around you in a previous season may not be around you the same way in the next season. That's what the book of Joshua is about. You've not passed this way before. You, you gotta watch the, the Ark of the Covenant. Keep your eyes on the Holy Spirit because you're gonna need a whole different way of thinking than you've had in this past two years. As we come out of this crazy season, it's so crucial that we keep our eyes on the Lord. And remember, there are still gonna be battles. The virus has not won. And it will not win. Because our God is victorious. Arm yourself with the mindset of a soldier. Somebody said once that the church, we have to always remember, the church is not a pleasure cruise, it's a battleship. It's not, it's not a pleasure cruise. We, we get together and, and there are some social aspects of our church and our church life and our Christian community and we love that. We love the social aspects, but it's not a social club. We're not a country club for the elite. We're a battleship hospital for the wounded for the broken, for the hurting, to get people back in the fight. We gotta break out of Smallville thinking, of maintaining. It's about mission. You're on a mission from Gad. 
Three people remember the Blues Brothers. I was thinking the other day, you know, I could tell exactly. If I said, if I said just a few words of a joke, I could tell who's exactly my age and who's not. Here it is. Here's one. If you don't know it, don't worry about it. Don't look it up. Dave's not here. Great, five people got it. It's a Cheech and Chong reference. Anyway, so you're on a mission from God. You, your purpose is to glorify God and point others to him. That's why you're here and why you have resistance. That's why the enemy hates your guts because you're now the worship leader and he used to be one. You're a worshiper. You engage your spirit in worship of Jesus and lifting him up and the power comes. Lucifer knows what that's like, but he doesn't have it today. You take his spot. Somebody said one time to me that the reason why the enemy is attacking you is because he's a former employee of heaven who lost his position and God gave it to you. You got the devil's old job. That's why he hates you so bad. Keep worshiping, keep praising, keep lifting up the Lord, keep singing songs around your house because we win. Moses is dead. Number two, the, the, the thread there that connects this statement is now, therefore, that's a conjunction. It connects dead Moses with the new command, number two, arise and walk. Arise and walk by faith. Listen, the same thing Jesus spoke to a lame man, arise and walk, get up and walk, take up your bed and walk, just get up and walk. Faith is an attitude, confidence in God's ability, and that should affect your walk. Listen, there are some people who walk around and they just are so defeated, they just, some people shuffle, they just kind of, I usually get behind them in the line. They're kind of shuffling. Some people just kind of, they walk like they're not going anywhere. They have no purpose. Some people are always in a hurry. But some people, they, they kind of have a strut. You know, their, their heads are up. You know, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a, no, I won't say that. Anyway, that's, another, that's another old joke. Sorry. Maybe a few more people got that reference. In the life of Abraham, God gave Abraham a similar word generations, hundreds of years before Moses and Joshua were even on the planet. And, and Abraham was going through something in his own life. In his relationship with his nephew Lot, there was a battle, there was a fight. They, they got so blessed that Lot's workers, ranch hands, they, they, they started fighting with Abraham's guys and there was a little bit of a split. Look at a Genesis 13, verse 14 from the message. After Lot separated from him, God said to Abram. So, so picture this, after Lot separated, that's almost like separation, like divorce. After Lot divorced his uncle, <clears throat> went to live in Sodom and Gomorrah, God said to Abram, open your eyes, look around. Look north, south, east, and west. Everything you see, the whole land spread out before you. 
I will give to you and your children forever. I'll make your descendants like dust. Counting your descendants will be as impossible as counting the dust of the earth. So get on your feet, get moving, arise, walk through this country. It's length and it's breadth. I'm giving it all to you. I didn't realize before that the context of this moment was Abraham was probably upset, probably depressed. He raised Lot like he was his son because he didn't have one. <clears throat> he raised Lot from that place in his life where, where he lost his father, Abraham's brother, and he raised him up. And now he turns on him and stabs him in the back and goes towards sin, goes toward darkness, goes away from God. This had to be deeply disappointing to say the least. Yet God said, okay now, here's what you're gonna do next. Open your eyes. Stop thinking about him and what you lost and the pain you feel of betrayal. Open your eyes, look around. Every place you walk that you can see, if you'll put your feet on it, I'm gonna give it to you. So start walking. Get moving. Get back out there. <clears throat> Start walking with a different way. Get, get your strut back. Get your, get your, get your walk back. Get your, get your strength back. Get your, get your confidence back. Abram, it wasn't him that made you anything. It was God. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Wherever you walk by faith, you claim the land is yours in the name of the Lord. And that's not just for Abram or Abraham. That's for us. Every place you walk this week, your feet have power because you're claiming it as God's territory. And as God's territory, it's your territory. And as your territory, God will move into it. Every place you work, even the place where they don't like Christians, Every time you go to the store, the restaurant, wherever you go, walk in and see it as God's house, God's territory, God's opening. It'll change your whole perspective. God said, You've give, you, I've given it all to you. The only way to move forward is gonna be to take one step at a time. Do what you can do. Here, so here's the thing. <clears throat> a lot of times we focus our lives on what we can't do, right? I'll talk more about this next week. God wants us to think about what he can do and what is the next thing you can do. You can put one foot in front of the other, right? If you've ever been through depression, there are moments where you wonder if you can get out of bed. You can get out of bed. You must get out of bed. You must get dressed. You must get a shower. Please get a shower. For, the, for God's sake, get a shower for the rest of us. Wherever you put your feet, God's gonna show up. Do what you can do. And just like with Abram and like with Moses and like with Joshua, God will meet you at your motion of faith and do the rest. Peter 
couldn't walk on water, guaranteed. But he could get out of the boat. And that's what he did. And then he walked on water until he started thinking, wait a minute, this is impossible. I can't do this. And then he began to sink. And as soon as he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus had his hand. Same with you. Same with me. You ready for the last one, number three? So Moses is dead. You got you to gotta let, your, let your dead Moses go, okay? You got to arise and walk. You got to get up and just start walking in a forward direction. Number three, cross your Jordan. He said, get up, arise and walk, you and all this people, and cross this river, cross this Jordan to the land I'm giving you. Cross your Jordan. Cross your Jordan to me is start moving afresh from where you've been stuck in your life to where God wants you to be. Start growing again. Fill your heart with the word. Fill your heart with the, with the spirit of God. Get fired up for God. Get your zeal back for him. Some of you, you used to be so fired up for God, people would say, what's wrong with you? You're crazy. What is it? You, what, you're so fired up, you're, you're weird. And you lost all your weirdness. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that we're supposed to be weird people. We're not. I'm saying that, this, that normal, spiritual normal, is we're fired up for God. And it reminds others that they're not. That's why, that's why there's always a response. There's a reaction. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's just a, a law, a physical law. I'm amazed as a pastor at how many people get right to the edge of their promised land and turn back. They get right there to the edge of, of a fulfillment of something they've been believing for for years. They get right up to the edge and like Moses, they get to see it, but they don't get to enter into it. They get sidetracked at the last minute by some crazy thing by some distraction, some obsession. And they start calling it God when it may not be God at all. I'm just amazed by that. The Jordan River was a challenging boundary. Children of Israel wandered in circles for 40 years. And now God was saying, now I want you to go in and plant your life in one spot and stay there forever. Plant your life. No more wilderness wandering. Get out of that mindset of nomads. Get out of that mindset of tent dwellers. Build houses. Build stables. They'd already miraculously crossed the Red Sea. They knew what it was like to cross a body of water at the beginning of their journey. They knew God could dry up the water and allow them to go across. But remember, as I said earlier, God's not into formulas. He's not into rituals. He's not into ceremonies. God doesn't tell, okay, Joshua, <clears throat> here's what I told Moses. Go up to the water, lift up your rod, stretch out your hand, and it'll part. That would be, that would be you know, if that were the case, we'd all be doing it, Right? Because that's the, that's the whole, 
That's the formula, okay? Lift up your authority and stretch out your faith and it'll open. Joshua, it was a completely different thing. God said to Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to let the priests, the leaders, put the Ark of the Covenant, representing the presence, power, and guidance of the Holy Spirit on their shoulders and let them walk. And when they go to the edge, let them put their feet into the water. And as soon as they put their feet into the water, then it'll part. Say, Pastor, what is that about? Well, to me, it's about the fact that what we're coming into is not about a few famous preachers, a, a, a Moses here and a Moses there. It's a corporate thing. It's a, it's a community anointing. It's a corporate anointing. It's about leadership teams. Thank God we have such a great team here. It's not about one person. It's, all, it's about the body of Christ. This is a body life ministry. This is a body anointing coming upon. This revival, this thing that's on the horizon right now is not about one person. It's not about fame and fortune. It's about empowering leaders to carry that presence, that anointing of the Holy Spirit on their shoulders. And when they step in by faith, it opens up for all of us, for all of us. Remember the promise of God was the command of God to Joshua, you and all this people, you and all this people, not just you. This move of God is so powerful. It's about what God wants to do in his body. That's how, we get, that's how we know we're getting closer to the end, so close to the coming of the Lord because we know that this move is different than any other move. It's about body life. Get ready for it. What's our takeaway? It's time for the church of Jesus to rise up and possess our land. It's time to possess the land. It's time to buy it's time, to, it's time to take our promises by faith. Find out what God has for you. Maybe it's time for you right now to quit renting all your life and buy some land. Maybe it's time for you to plant your flag. It's time to build a business, build a house, make some blueprints, walk some property, ask the Lord to lead you. Whatever it is in your life, there are things that are ahead of you and your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. It doesn't matter how young or how old you may be right now. I believe God is saying his body is gonna rise up and cross over. Get across this Jordan. Get across this border. Get across this boundary. Get past all these mindsets that you've carried. Moses is dead. God bless Moses. We love Moses. We're not dishonoring Moses. But if we sit here and don't take territory... Moses isn't gonna be very happy because he didn't lead us here so we have a party on the wrong side of the Jordan. He brought us here so that in honor we could cross over into the new dimensions of your life. Maybe you think you're in the latter third of your life. I know I'm believing to live to 120, so at 60, I'm just middle age. I used to think 60 was old. Doesn't seem old to me now. Just in the middle. <laughs> My dad's 83, and he still talk, tells me about what the old people are doing. 
That's exactly, my, my dad's like, well, yeah, we, well, we went there, but there's a bunch of old people. <laughs> well, what's old to you? You're 83. Well, they, there's other people that, you know, they were, they were, they were, they had to be 85 or something. <laughs> That's the right attitude. My friends were leaving Smallville. This virus is ending in Jesus' name. It, it might have come in like a, like a fire, but it's going to go out like a... It's going to go out and people have to realize it. Somebody's got to wake them up. There will be a day when I'm not wearing a mask anymore. That might not be today or tomorrow for some of you, but the day is coming. There will be a day when you don't have to worry about your conversations and if you're, you know, three feet, six feet apart, that day isn't today. We gave the royal wave instead of the high five. That's okay. But it's coming. Keep moving forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word today. We claim your promises. We thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you that people prayed earlier to know you. Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus in this moment? I speak to you now in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're still lamenting. Maybe you're still stuck in a place or a moment of time where all you can think about is what you've lost or beat yourself up for your own failures or stay angry with the lots in your life, the people that abandoned you or left you hanging. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. Maybe you lost someone who passed away and you love them and you're still hanging on to it. I'm just saying to you, if you really wanna honor their memory, then have a sweet moment once in a while to think about them as you're moving forward, as you're walking by faith and not by sight, as you're getting beyond your feelings and beyond your grief and simply being open to what God wants to do next in your life. Your best days are ahead. Forgive, release, and take one step forward. Father, we ask you to move upon your people today, both in this room and those in our online campus. Would you minister to them and reveal yourself in these moments Give them the specifics of how they can maybe interpret this word and take it unto themselves. I believe this word was for some people today. I believe this word was for you today. And I believe that God has some great things. He has a promised land for you. Not geographically maybe, although maybe it is. But he has a new territory of some things you've never done before yet. 
And he wants you to glorify him by moving to that place. Lord, bless every marriage. Bless every family. Lord, I just speak a release of financial breakthrough for anybody who needs one. Lord, maybe somebody's in the room, somebody's watching right now, and you're just going through a really tough time financially. I just want to tell you, this, this too shall pass. When I tell you we've all been there, I'm telling you, we've been there. But it gets better because God is more than enough and he will meet you at your point of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you got something today, would you put your hands together and honor the Lord today? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.